Now I know what you're thinking. Can it possibly be true? A second part of the festive edition of the Smart Life podcast? Well, it is true. Here we are. Uh, in all seriousness, thank you to everyone for your feedback and comments from part one yesterday. We really enjoy hearing from you. Uh, now, if you are enjoying this episode, you can make our dreams come true because all we want for Christmas is review. My apologies for crowbarring in more festive references. Uh, but in all seriousness, it really does help us find new listeners. And we, of course, really enjoy the feedback too. Now, we are going to pick up today where we left off yesterday, uh, as well as hearing some more predictions for 2021 that we didn't actually have a time to discuss towards the end of the episode. So without further ado, welcome to part two of this festive edition of the Smart Life podcast. Hey there, Chris Gamble here, technical director at Customised Limited, based in Norfolk. Our prediction for smart home in 2021 is definitely a trend towards technology that brings people together. After a year of separation, uh, people being apart from loved ones, friends, family, I definitely see a push towards technology that will bring people together. So that's probably going to be themed around home entertainment, uh, around gaming, television, but also maybe multi-room music, outdoor entertainment. I can see the summer been a summer of parties uh, so landscape audio systems outdoor lighting outdoor televisions uh, so a lot of fun stuff ahead for for the smart home industry and i also think there's going to be a big trend on uh, traveling so people are going to want to keep an eye on their home when they're away you know we've been unable to do our usual holiday routines uh, in 2020 so next year i can see people traveling a lot so needing to keep an eye on their home through security devices, monitoring devices, or things to track heating, climate, flood detection, water leak detection, these kind of things. So 2021 looking like an exciting year for Smart Home. We're excited to be a big part of it. Um, so stay tuned to the Smart Life podcast. You'll get all your Smart Home tips there. And if you want to find out about Customised, it's customised.uk.com or at Customised1 on Instagram. And our thanks to Chris for submitting that to us this Christmas and, of course, for appearing on the podcast earlier this year. Now, if you are interested in smart home content, then definitely check out his podcast, The Digital Ramble. Definitely recommended for some really fascinating and exciting content on the smart home and the IoT industry as well. Now, speaking of things that are deeply integrated into our lives, there is, of course, the question of wearables. Um, you know, the over the past five, ten years, we've seen smartwatches really come to the fore of the market. Um, and of course, I think that's continuing a trend now, as especially because of this year, the more people consider and think about their health and well-being, the more I think we are going to see devices capable of not just collecting data points, but processing them uh, and advising us on how to live healthier and better lives. Um, especially when, of course, because of COVID, we are so much more, I think, health or at least sort of safety conscious or, or risk conscious than, than we ever used to be with our health. And I'm looking forward to see kind of almost what feels like the next post-COVID generation of smart devices that uh, that are going to be, you know, wearable and part of our life. I mean, you think about how it, even in marketing, it's not the data that you, you have in front of you, it's what you do with it that makes your marketing so special and successful. Mm. So it's not the data that your wearables can collect, it's what they can do with that data. Um, I mean, I'm so glad that I, in the before times I bought myself a smartwatch um, 
for work and now I use it to remind me how little I've walked during the day and to go maybe I should do a bit more of that old exercise thing mm-hmm. um it's really exciting to think about the smart ring that can detect COVID-19 before any outward system um symptoms appear mm. um I mean it's not a cheap bit of kit but unsurprising that in this kind of with the technology that we already had available and the situation we found ourselves in that maelstrom produced a piece of wearable kit that can help tell you if you have covid before even you know yourself and i think if this year has taught us anything it's not only is tech so important to coping um with you know uh, whatever might become of our new lives um but also you know if you look at um, track and trace if you look at the fact that you know for example my watch can tell me when I've started washing my hands and do a countdown for me you know like every single bit of our response it feels like to this um to the pandemic this year has been focused on utilizing the tech and the data that we have available you know I'm hoping at least that that I mean obviously I'm hoping that you know COVID-19 will eventually sort of not quite go away but we'll learn to live with it certainly I mean, I would quite like to go away. Well, yeah, I think you speak on behalf of everyone. When we're kind of done with this now, um, but I, I think that you know, you know, for example, if heaven forbid we were to have another pandemic, you know, in the not too distant future, I feel like the the continuing development of tech, we we know how this tech can help now, you know, in practice a lot more than we ever did before, and not just in terms of a pandemic. Like I think this year also gave us a crash course in risk assessment and <laughs> risk m- management and hopefully risk minimization. Like we've started looking at, you know, health and pandemics, but what's the next thing? What else can we look at and what else can we start protecting from? And what else can we use all the data that we have available to start helping us look after ourselves and each other a bit better yeah you know there's there's so many other risk factors and problems that are around that tech can definitely help us to at least like mitigate somewhat if not completely the more that comes out and the more tech that we start to see you then start getting a little bit excited about oh well if this is where we're at in 2020 Where are we going to be in even five years time? The rate, that rate of acceleration has picked up so quickly since the 90s. Um, think about how the fact that when I was born, everyone still had bricks. And now <laughs> you've got the entire internet in your pocket and mm. your whole home is all wired up with smart speakers that can all chat to each other. And if I had a load of money to shell out, I could have a ring that tells me what my temperature is. And if I've got <laughs> a uh, life-threatening disease, but... You think that's where we're at now. Where are we going to be five five years down the line? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and this is the thing. On the one hand, it's actually very exciting, hugely exciting. On the other hand, I think there is the question that does keep cropping up, you know, every time we talk about this with even people in the industry is that people are still concerned about data, the security and their privacy. All of these things work on the basis that we allow large corporations and large data processors to access to this data. We as millennials have been doing, giving our data up for a long time. Pretty much since we were able to make our own decisions, we've been giving our own data up. Not because 
we don't care about it because it because that's just how it's always been almost data our own data has been um a currency that we've been able to use aside from physical capital mm -hmm. People are more willing, and especially millennials, are more willing to give up their data when they deem the transaction that they're making to actually be of some use. They're not going to give their data up just for anything. They are much more willing to give up their data and provide information when they know they're getting something out of it. There are so many decisions to make. If someone wants to hit me up with the right ad, yeah if i need to if i need to purchase your product or if i need what you're selling then yes yes if you hit me up with the right ad because i've given you my data it just saves time it saves me time trying to research yeah. all of the different options available so i think there is a lot to be said for the making sure that that transaction of data you are giving if you're taking someone's data you're giving them something just as good if not better back and I, I think that actually you're, you're right. There is this kind of this this myth or this this suspicion that oh, you're collecting my data and you're you're using it to sell me more things. And it's like, you know, maybe it's the, the nature of the capitalist society that we live in. Merry Christmas, everybody. But people want things. People spend money on things. And frankly, if you can, you know, the 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 company or the organization, the the corporation that can use that data, utilize it, and so if you better advertising you know that's nothing new come on like that's been the key to successful advertising you know target market as the advertising principle for 100 plus years it's not and it's not even just serving the right advertising like the email campaigns that they sent you if i have to read another generic email again i will poke out my own eyes <laughs> but if someone if someone puts in that automation and they they know what I maybe looked at and they they know kind of what I'm interested in. They know that I only go on when there's a sale. That if they've got that information to on me, they know what I purchased, they know what I'm interested in. So they only tell me the things that I care about. And also small companies do it really well. Small, yeah. small little indies and like those subscription services. I would much rather give them my money any day of the week, just because they're one, their products are usually really pretty. Two, they usually get their personalization right. Their emails, they know about you, they know what you purchase from them, and all of that kind of stuff. And you know what? I think this actually comes into something very interesting. We were saying we were on Caroline's episode earlier this year about notification fatigue, about how there is so many. Uh, marketing emails so many and this goes back again to the smart home you know there's so much forgive me here there's so much shit to wade through that actually if something that is targeted or is is a valuable piece of data or a valuable piece of automation can make its way through that's the important thing but also in terms of our own health and well-being and and our and again talking about what caroline was just saying earlier about the importance of community of looking after one another if you're losing key vital alerts in the maelstrom of Mm -hmm. noise that is our daily lives at the moment um you know that's that's a real danger and i think that is a danger with collecting obviously all this data is that it does have what feels like just endless uh application um wh whereas like you say that the more successful you know uses for this data is using it intelligently and giving the customer or the client or the user what they either want to see or need to see not just this scattergun approach and just hoping something sticks.
we've got a message from Adam Williams of Lightwave, uh, who joined us uh, earlier this year. And of course, is a key member of the Smart Homes and Buildings Association uh, as well. Now, we asked Adam for his thoughts on how the home has changed this year and also his ideas on what's coming in 2021. So over to you, Adam. Hi, I'm Adam Williams, Chief Commercial Officer at Lightwave, a smart home technology manufacturer. And my prediction for the smart home industry in 2021 will be a broadening of what a smart home actually means for people, which is driven by three key trends. First of all, with the greater uptake of new energy and sustainability technologies such as EV car charging, home energy generation, preservation and storage, a smart home is one that helps you live more sustainably as well as safely and comfortably. And I believe that we will see a much greater integration between these areas in the year ahead. Secondly, COVID-19 has driven a reappraisal of the role our homes play in our lives for everyone to varying degrees, as so many have worked from home during lockdown, had children at home with them and homeschooling or protecting loved ones. And I think this has increased awareness and therefore demand for technologies that enable us to rebalance the role of the home longer term. Last but not least, as smart home technologies mature and increase in scale and home penetration, the third thing I see happening is a much greater focus on the services that go around the gadgets or the hardware that we buy. There are 25 million homes in the UK, which means there are 25 million possible combinations of what a smart home actually means for each of us. People need help with this, choosing the right products, getting them installed and having ongoing support. The brands and service providers that can provide this will, in my view, win out. Now, some very interesting insights from Adam there. And the first one I think really is really important to uh, pick up on is, is that as we move or as we begin, hopefully, to leave one crisis, we are coming face to face with the even bigger one, which is the climate crisis. Um, oh, boy. Yes. Now, I think that the way that we use, monitor, generate energy is going to be key to, to solving you know the, the climate crisis and I think that smart home devices have got a huge part to play in that. Yeah I think there's so much that we can do with automating and looking after all of that kind of stuff it be it through your phone be it through voice I feel like it's something that they don't properly teach you in school as you know you really should turn absolutely everything off at the plug all the time and how to you know minimize the energy that you're using within a house but it's something that we should all be better at and um some people and some businesses especially have a bigger part to play in the current climate crisis as a whole but you know the better practices that we can put in now hopefully that can mitigate some of the damage and just build better practices and better habits for the future smart energy smart energy metrics measurement all of that kind of stuff it all comes down to data the more data you've got the more you can then use to make decisions yeah absolutely and i think that especially as as the the hardware that is available on the market develops as well you know we were talking earlier of course about new builds and how electric vehicle chargers are now you know part and parcel of of new builds there's a question in terms of not just the 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 houses that we are building 
but also you know deep retrofitting of of existing housing stock as well because you know, there are so many houses that have either been constructed cheaply or poorly that are going to need you know um, mm-hmm. review in the future but looking at how we um you know how we heat our homes you know gas boilers can't last forever oh, um, God, no. you know and even you know there's there's an argument really in terms of like mains electricity you know as battery technology and of course spearheaded by the the electric vehicles market is um you know is improving so quickly you know are we going to be in a position actually when the better thing to be doing is to be generating um our own energy and storing it in you know massive batteries on the side of our houses and then only taking from the grid what we desperately need if we've got a shortfall of energy you know there there are these what can what feel at the moment like radical solutions but i think as we develop and as we go into the next decade those are going to become more acceptable and i think also more vital i mean i think yeah you think that's pretty much it yeah they're radical but we've reached a point where we need radical change we need those radical solutions to actually help right now um it's not just a case of tweaking things it's a case of right we're gonna completely have to rehaul if we want to make an any kind of dent in trying to you know lessen the climate crisis as it is um which is scary it's very it's a very scary thought and you start moving really far into you know what looks like it could have come out of science fiction Mm -hmm. but it's very real there's like i mean moving way off topic there's a lot to be said for how cyberpunk isn't cyberpunk anymore and we are just living in cyberpunk that's Mm -hmm. a whole different conversation (laughs) for a whole different podcast but what i'm trying to get at is we're reaching a point where science fiction is now just what we need to kind of at least aim for if it's not already what we have something that you said earlier in terms of the pace of change as well and i almost think that we're now in a world where the pace of change is faster than people's imaginations can possibly keep up i mean this uh, this is again something that should be on another podcast which i think we should do as a spin-off <laughs> podcast from this which is the reason millennials are so nostalgic about not like do you, like they're all like oh you're only a 90s kid where and they're so nostalgic from the 90s is because they've seen such a rapid pace of change over the course of their life you take the generation before us and they were a bit older you know they were pretty cemented by the time text like really started to pick up and by the mm. time that um apple was kicking off and google was really kicking off you've got gen z who just have always had tech and they are prepared to deal with this whereas you've got us lot in the middle who are just stuck there going i still remember when we had a computer room in the house yep and i remember the dial tone of like dialing up to dial up internet and you know that's i'm 25 i am a very very end of a millennial of the millennial generation and just it's unfathomable how different life was when we were kids like it's not even in a back in our parents day when we were children the world was a completely different place i think that's it that we have been what feels like this this transitional generation whereas the the generation before us knew comfort and of course the, the 80s there was it was excess comfort and excess the generation after how big your hair was we of course naturally but the generation of course after us you know don't don't even recognize that world because they've never known it they were born into a recession and have pretty much lived in a perpetual state of recession ever since but we've had 
we've had the best of both, but also I think we've had the worst of both. How many once in a lifetime events have we lived through? I, How I many think. pandemic, ter- massive terrorist incidents, and but also once in a lifetime greatness of things like the first black president now going to be mm. the first female vice president. Like we are living through once in a lifetime opportunities, both good and bad. The amount of once in a lifetimes that we're going to live through is enough. Yeah. But there's still so many more that you can expect to come. Now, just before we round off the episode, we've got time for one more contribution from Daniel Bastone from Air Things, who joined us earlier this year uh, on an episode of the Smart Life podcast. Uh, and this is what he had to say about his expectations of 2021. I'm Daniel Bastone. I manage the UKI for Air Things. There are a great many developments that we expect to occur as we go through this year, um, or next year, I should say. Um, so whether it be things like the increased usage of AI, uh, better connectivity, um, voice integrations, developing how we work with those, I actually think those may be some of the biggest advances in those areas, but one which particularly interests me and I think is interesting for all of us as we go forward and how we manage this is the, um, is the use of autonomy, autonomous smart home products. And what I mean by that, I guess, is devices and solutions that make assumptions and decisions rather than just following human commands, which is what we predominantly traditionally do. So um, I think it's going to be a really interesting area as we seek to improve the user experience by bringing in these suggestions based on assumptions and the date of the data that we have, and obviously doing that in a non-invasive manner, getting that right is going to be quite interesting, quite difficult, but potentially massive for what we do. Happy Christmas. So there it is, Ruthie. Congratulations. Your first episode of the Smart Life podcast done. How are you feeling? I mean, I thought I was coming on for a lighthearted festive Christmas edition, but this has been heavy. (laughs) But I've had a great time. Can I come on again soon, please? Oh, I certainly think so. I agree that like I always find these podcasts very cathartic. It's just it's quite good to just air some feelings. Very it's it's essentially it's therapy but with an audience. Um, Free. And free. Even better. What more? Uh, That said, if anyone would like to sponsor us uh, for our season three coming next year, then uh, then just uh, drop us an email. Hello at beaconagency.co.uk. Equally, actually, if anyone in the smart smart home or IoT industries wants to be a guest with us next year, we would love to have you. Um, You can get in contact with us. Hello at beaconagency.co.uk. Um, whatever it is you want to have to say, whatever it is that you uh, think, believe, or represent in the smart home or IoT industry, we are very curious and would love to have you on board. And I would thoroughly recommend it. I've had a great time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, it's been wonderful to have you. Now, um, just before we go, Ruthie, 2020, as we said at the beginning, what a what a what a year. 2021. What are you What are you excited for? What's 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 piqued your interest at the moment? Oh, I mean, it depends what we're talking about. I'm just excited for 2021 because it means <laughs> 2020 is over. Um, but there's and there's a lot to be excited about, you know, moving house again because mm-hmm. renting, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, great new stuff in the pipeline with Beacon. Um, and I'm 
just getting more smart tech. I mean, I've got fingers crossed. I've got so much smart tech on my Christmas list. Mm-hmm. And I hope I get it so that I can make my house even smarter. Love that. Um, I have to say, like, my partner and I are planning on moving next year as well. And I think that when we're in a bigger place, one of the first things that we're going to be doing is going for some smart heating. Because uh, especially now we're in winter, I'm thinking, oh, actually, no, do you know what? I could really do with some some smart heating. And I also... Um, we're, we are due to get a new car next year. And I'm also thinking that we're going to be going hybrid, if not full electric next year. So Ooh. very interested to see what the market has in store for us on both of those things. And of course, um, super excited for CES in January as well. And excited uh, for all of that content that we're going to be doing. Um, excited for the late nights, not so excited for the early mornings, um, but it should be fun. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah, I know. Luckily, we work with some great morning people, so that's fine um and of course to you listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode we really appreciate it um you can of course if you've got anything you would like to say if you'd like to uh leave us a comment or whatever it is that you get your uh podcast if you could like to you know if you want to rate review that would be great as well it helps us find new listeners um but in the meantime i think for both ruthie and myself we, we hope you have a wonderful christmas a happy new year and um i suppose it's we can't say anything else other than stay safe and the smart life podcast will be returning for season three in 2021 but for now from all of us here at beacon agency we hope you have a very merry christmas and a happy new year